You're listening to The Bookstack with Annie, Nia, and Sydney. Hi, friends, and welcome to our sixth and final summer snack stack. I'm Nia. I'm Annie. And I'm Sydney. During this summer season, we've been giving you our snack size stacks to keep you up to date with what we're reading. So Annie, what have you got for us today? So I started this week, along with every other book that I'm reading, because I read several at a time, uh, I started A Place for Us by Fatima Farheen Mirza. It's published in 2018. And this and going with my style of long, epic family historical fiction (laughs) just fits right in. And I've noticed too that I went very global this summer. You did. I really Mm -hmm. did. And as I was reading this one today, because I I try to, you know, get a refresher, I thought, okay, so I've got American Indian, Trinidad and Tobago, and now I have Indian American. Like I really ran the gamut this summer. I really did. Yeah, I'm I'm very proud of myself. I try to read more globally and I think I did a good job this summer. I think you did too. Good job. Thanks. Kudos for me. So A Place for Us is a long family story that looks at choices made and relationships. I'm only a few chapters in because of the way that this book is, that makes it very hard to talk about what's going on. So I was going to read the information from the jacket because really 15 pages in the first event hasn't even happened yet. Like we're still Mm. meeting the characters. You're still very much in exposition. I'm still very much in exposition. And I think I will be for another 30 pages. Oh, yeah, it's, so it's a slow build. It's a slow build and I'm okay with it. I think I'm okay with it because it's uh, the time period is 2003, 2004. So I'm familiar with that time period and that's very sure. helpful. I would assume that you were familiar with that time period. It wasn't yeah. that long ago. I was around. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm just going to read what the jacket says. Please do. A place for us unfolds the lives of an Indian American Muslim family gathered together in their Californian hometown to celebrate the eldest daughter, Hadia's wedding, a match of love rather than tradition. It is here on this momentous day that Amar, the youngest of the siblings, reunites with his family for the first time in three years. That's about where I am in the book. Uh-huh. It's wedding day. Okay. We've met Amar. That's it. Okay. Yep. I just figured out their parents' names. Rafiq and Layla must now contend with the choices and betrayals that led to their son's estrangement. The reckoning of parents who strove to pass on their cultures and traditions to their children and of children who in turn struggle to balance authenticity in themselves with loyalty to the home they came from. In a narrative that spans decades and sees family life through the eyes of each member, A Place for Us charts the crucial moments in the family's past, from the bonds that bring them together to the differences that pull them apart. And as siblings, Hadia, Huda, and Amar attempt to carve out a life for themselves. They must reconcile their present culture with their parents' faith to tread a path between the old world and the new and learn how the smallest decisions can lead to the deepest of betrayals. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. So I read The Namesake by Jumpa Lahiri Mm -hmm. a little while ago, and I'm starting to see a lot of similarities there. It's looking at what decisions their son made and how he's going to reconcile that with his parents and whether or not that's going to change their relationship. And then the oldest daughter, the one who's getting married, it's not an arranged marriage. It's a love marriage. And even in the 15 pages I've read, she's talked about how important that is that she chose love over tradition. So it's a lot and it's going to take me a while. 
but I'm very excited. I'm looking forward to hearing what happens. Yeah. I've noticed when I read books like this, I reflect on my own family, even though I'm not American Indian Muslim, I'm not, I still reflect on my own family and how I'm doing with reconciling tradition and my choices as small as they may be. I still am able to see a new perspective through these types of books. And that's that's why I read them. Yeah, I think the that's a good of goal. A lot of these books. Yeah. So nice. So Nia, what book are you reading right now or picking up next? This is another reread for me. And it is a complete, complete opposite end of where you're at. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's not that uh, hard to go opposite of what I'm reading. It's really not. <laughs> so I, I just picked up a graphic novel by Johan Vasquez. It's one I've read before. It's been a little while, but uh, it's Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, the director's cut. Awesome. <laughs> Here we go. This that is, is a really the... fun title. <laughs> right? such a fun title. Uh, this is the same guy that created Invader Zim. I loved that Genesis. show. Yes. That show was so, fun. It was fun. So this came out in 2010. It is similar to Invader Zim. This is not a kid's graphic novel. I've, the name is not enough to tell you that. I am telling you, this is not a kid's graphic novel. It is. Is is it adult? Young adult? It is adult. It's adult. Okay. Hands down. Hands down. He, it it (laughs) follows uh, Johnny, the homicidal maniac, but you can call him me and NY because you know, Johnny, he lives with a pair of styrofoam doughboys that are encouraging his madness. Like you're not quite sure. Did you just say styrofoam doughboys? I did. Yeah. Okay. All right. Please. Fantastic. Yeah. You do you, Nick. Um, you do yeah. you. I don't know if you ever really figure out if they're actually possessed by evil spirits or if it's part of his madness and they don't, they aren't animate. I think that's part of the, the pull. And he has lines in the sand, like what's okay and what's not okay. His poor neighbor, Squee, whose name is Todd, but he prefer, you know, Johnny thinks Squee sounds better. Uh, <laughs> has his own graphic novel as well. This poor, poor kid. But he looks out for the kid in his own twisted way. So he's not a complete evil person, but you're kind of like, "Mm, he's got a wall that constantly needs a fresh coat of blood to keep it happy. And he has to do that by being a homicidal maniac. So he's also got a bunch of victims that he keeps in his house. Like two people were talking in a movie. He didn't like that. They ruined the movie. It's one of his favorites. And so he took them back to teach them. We don't talk during movies. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it collects uh, the issues one through seven of the original like comic magazines and it's all in one graphic novel but yeah it's uh if you want something quick it is only 96 pages so it's a very quick read you can pick it up and just start randomly reading in the middle because it's got like oh this is like a mini infomercial you read it and you're done and it's random it's random (laughs) but it's an entire like they're they're short, they're quick, you can get through it. So if you need something quick and gruesome to get through, you know, as a palate cleanser, yeah. this is a good one. My only critique is read gently because I don't know what they do with graphic novel bindings, but it, they, the pages fall out after they do. Minimal. They do. And even it, it's it's not even through tough handling. No, even so, ones that are yep. seemingly well bound mm-hmm. still fall so, apart. That is my only hardcore critique of this. But yeah, if you want something quick and ugly and you liked Invader Zim, this one's, this is a good one. All right. So that quick and that's ugly. What I'm, that was fun. Right. That's what I'm, I'm finishing my sn- uh, summer snack stack off with. So uh, Sydney, what have you got? 
So if you guys were on opposite ends, I think that it was like the X and the Y axis because I'm now on the Z axis because I am <laughs> I am nowhere near either of you. This Excellent. is a great representation of who we are, though. <laughs> it, is. it really so is. <laughs> and hopefully that's why our listeners love us is because we always have something weird and unique and quirky that makes it so that anyone can find something. We really do. We try, guys. Yeah. We try. <laughs> So I am finishing off my summer by picking up a book called A Scheme of Heaven, The History of Astrology and the Search for Our Destiny in Data by Alexander Boxer. Came out in 2020. Yes, it came out in 2020. And the back flap identifies that Boxer has is a data scientist with a PhD in physics and degrees in the history of science and classics, which made me go, okay, so this isn't just some quack throwing stuff together like this might and he actually, knows what he's talking about he sure. might actually provide something that's interesting because i got my first degree in english but i double minored in history and anthropology i love looking at the human experience i think that's why i read so many history books and i like reading about all of the weird things that happen in history like historical crime and things like that so this is kind of right up my alley even though i haven't really ever picked up an astrology book before i wanted to push myself because i hadn't done that so i'm trying to grow and, and branch off as a human but the cover is just kind of it's intriguing in a way that isn't it's very unassuming. It is. It almost looks like almost a like map. a textbook. Yeah. It's the it's the astrological map. Oh, okay. So if okay. I open the if I open the back flap, you can kind of see where it, oh, it comes yeah. down. It's okay. it's a map gotcha. of the heavens. Okay. But, and this um, will be on our social media for anybody who's curious. hundred percent. hundred percent. But um I haven't started it yet. I flipped through it and I liked that there he he actually breaks down the maths and there's maps and math identically he breaks down the math and there's lots of science that you can look through to kind of see the science behind the human phenomenon so okay okay. i picked it up i haven't started it yet so i'm just going to read you the cover because it looks really intriguing but i can't explain anything yet got it an illuminating look at the surprising history and science of astrology civilization's first system of algorithms from babylon to the present day Humans are pattern-matching creatures, and astrology is the universe's grandest pattern-matching game. In this refreshing work of history and analysis, data scientist Alexander Boxer examines classical texts on astrology to expose its underlying scientific and mathematical framework. Astrology, he argues, was the ancient world's most ambitious applied mathematics problem, a monumental data analysis enterprise sustained by some of history's most brilliant minds, from Ptolemy to Al-Kindi to Kepler. Thousands of years ago, astrologers became the first to stumble upon the powerful storytelling possibilities inherent in numerical data. To correlate the configurations of the cosmos with our day-to-day lives, astrologers relied upon the scheme of heaven, or horoscope, showing the precise configuration of the planets at a particular instant in time as viewed from a particular place on Earth. Although recognized as pseudoscience today, horoscopes were once considered cutting-edge scientific tool. Boxer teaches us how to read these esoteric charts, and appreciate the complex astronomical calculations needed to generate them by diagramming how the heavens appeared at important moments in astrology's history, from the assassination of Julius Caesar as viewed from Rome, to the Apollo 11 lunar landing as seen from the surface of the moon. He then puts these horoscopes to the test using modern data sets and statistical science, arguing that today's data scientists do work similar to astrologers of yore. By looking back at the algorithms of ancient astrology, he suggests we can better recognize the patterns that are timeless characteristics of our own pattern matching tendencies. At once critical, rigorous, and far-ranging, the scheme of heaven recontextualizes astrology as a vast technological project spanning continents and centuries that foreshadowed our data-driven world today. It sounds so cool. Right? Sounds so cool. There's a lot there. Yeah. Yeah. So this is one that you will probably be not. It is not a, 
Yeah. It is not a binging book. It's not. No, it's, this is one where you sit with your notebook next to you and your highlighter. Yeah. This is one where I go back to Rizzoli Nails when I need something refreshing and grim. And then I come back to this. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know, we all love our thriller books for that reason. So exactly. Yep. Well, this sounds really cool. Yeah. Well, friends, thanks for listening to this chapter of the book stack. As we sign off, we'd like to leave you with some food for thought. And we'll see you next time when we pick up some of our books to share for season two of the Bookstack. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Bookstack Trio and follow us at Bookstack Trio on Instagram and Facebook to see a full listing of the books mentioned in our stack. If you read a book from the stack, let us know what you thought on social media. You can also find us on our website at bookstacktrio.com. Here's to books, the cheapest vacation you can buy. Charlene Harris. Bye.